0: Hi, my name is Anne Duggan. I've been interested in the housing and care of aging people since my childhood. My several careers were different in scope, but similar in the belief that aging is a natural process and that by applying the philosophy of person-centered care will help create a safe, socially connected and comforting environment for healthy aging. This podcast is where I have conversations with my friend, G about our life stories, some practical knowledge about aging, and some thoughts on caregiving relationships.
1: Hi, my name is Jia Zhang, ands friend. I'm a professor of service management and a lifelong student of service design and delivery for aging people. And this is our conversation. In today's conversation, Anne shared stories from her nursing career and her adventure in the New York City in the 1960s. Our conversation also touched upon compression stockings, what they are, how to care for oneself when using them, and how to be a good host when someone comes to help with the on and off of the stockings.
0: Hi Anne, how are you today? Oh, I'm very well. Thank you so much. It's uh, snowing last (laughs) time.
1: (laughs) Can you believe it?
0: I saw about five flakes, so I think it's the sign. (laughs) I know. It's
1: um, last week when we chatted, you mentioned that you will go outside and have a little bit walk. And it was beautiful and sunny and spring-like, but now we're back in winter.
0: Yes, it's been a little too cold the last couple of days for me to do an enjoyable walk. So I've oh, been oh. avoiding that a little bit.
1: But well, spring will be here soon.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I was admiring the photo that you sent me the other day. Can you tell me a little bit about that? That's such a beautiful picture. I love how you, your eyes are just so determined and looking into the future. That beautiful young nurse.
0: Yes, that was from our graduation from nursing. I had done uh, three years of nurses training at the Jubilee Hospital in Victoria. And uh, that was our graduation picture. And of course we were uh, filled with uh, enthusiasm and hope and so on. I think I was probably 21 in that picture and was the whole life ahead. So it -hmm. was an exciting time for us. So what did you do after that well i worked a couple of years in victoria and saved up a bit of money and the girlfriend and i took a year off and we traveled right around the globe so i guess i'd very local in my life up until that point and it was oh. quite an eye-opening adventure to uh, travel through all those places and uh, then i came home and uh, worked for a while and then my like personal life changed a little bit and i felt that it needed to be somewhere else mm-hmm. so i went to new york city and uh, just sort of quick trip on the Greyhound bus to find somewhere that was a little more exciting than where I was then and uh, I stayed there for 10 years and it happened to be the 60s by then and it was a very exciting time to be a young nurse in New York Mm -hmm. and to meet all the dozens of people I met and worked with over those 10 years it was a, a, a highlight of course in my life so you took a
1: greyhound yes quick trip, quick trip. <laughs> and uh you just found a
0: job there immediately how, how did that work I found a job there within 24 hours of being in the city I uh, went uh, I got off this bus and I thought what will I do now and I had in my mind that I wanted to find a uh, the author of one of my favorite nursing textbooks, because I knew her name from the book and I knew where she had been the Dean of Nursing. Mm -hmm. I tracked her down and just appeared in her office with my backpack. and (laughs) (laughs) she said, where have you come from? I said, Canada. And um, anyway, we had a talk. I said I had just arrived and um, I needed to find a job as soon as possible. The mm-hmm. long story short, um, she gave me a key to an apartment that she had right near Columbia University where she'd been doing her doctorate. She just saved it for a quiet place and to lend to people who like me showed up uh, wanting work and wanting accommodation and, uh-huh. and to realize where they were in the big world. and. I was able to use that apartment for a number of months until I was established, and she gave me a job that started the next day. I said to her, I think there's something called a green card I'm supposed to have, and she said, oh, we'll get you a green card. Just come to work. So I went to work the next day. Wow.
1: So 24 hours after you arrived at the Big Apple, you'll have an apartment and then you have a job.
0: That's right wow and then yeah.
1: 10 years passed how,
0: how what's that like
1: the working there those it was
0: years. amazing and um, it was a time that for whatever reason uh canadian nurses were held in really high regard i mm-hmm. think it's i'm not quite sure what the difference is but um I was never without work and I was always offered jobs that were better than the job I already had. Mm -hmm. So I had a fabulous work experience and very wide ranging, and I was able to pick and choose what I did. Mm -hmm. And I worked for a long time in medical nursing, which had been my favorite part of my background, and and quite a lot in chronic disease and rehab. And then I wondered why there were so many uh, chronically ill people and rehab people in hospitals because uh, there were whole hospitals specializing in nothing else but that. And I switched and went to the other end of the spectrum and started working in acute care in uh, intensive care. Mm-hmm. And became head nurse of an intensive care unit in a hospital on uh, Park Avenue and. Uh, That was where I really I think I enjoyed the most of all of it because it was so such a high speed and such a high pressure job as well as the work we were doing we were also dealing with the introduction of computers. And mm-hmm. If you can imagine, and nurses are kind of old fashioned, we get stuck in our ways, you know, I don't mm-hmm. want anything new, just let me know, do what I know how to do. Well, the computers were the size of my refrigerator, or a little bit bigger, probably. Okay. And There were three of them, and they were each sort of in a room by itself, and you'd open the door. And there was just reams and reams and reams of paper that had spewed out of it. Uh We hated them and we threatened to go on strike and we wouldn't use them and all kinds of things. We didn't trust them, but ultimately they became part of our workday. And uh, so that was quite an experience and Mm -hmm. people that worked with me were from all different backgrounds, all different cultures, all different everything. Right, built such a bond together because we had to be the strongest team in order to, uh, you can't make, you can't have a missing link in the team, I guess is what I'd say, in order to make sure everybody's cared for properly, high intensity, 24 hours a day. So that was a big experience for me. Ultimately, unfortunately, I became ill because I burned out on that job mm. and had to come home to Canada because I was seriously ill there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd had ten wonderful years, and mm-hmm. so I came back.
1: And I see.
0: Got to change my life again. So every ten years, I've changed my life <laughs> pretty well, and uh, that was the first major change was to come back home.
1: Hmm. But you were, you were
0: very seriously ill. So do you have, did you have someone to take care of you when you were back? Um, Yes, my mother actually had to come to New York and get me because I was unable to walk or do anything. I was a patient in my own intensive care unit, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't just there. Briefly, I was in that unit for three months. So that was intense nursing care I was receiving. I ran out of money of course. Um, mm-hmm. The insurances ran out and I had huge professional courtesies. They looked after me wonderfully. But um, I, I had to make a decision uh, to come home. So my mum came to New York and brought me home on a stretcher on the train. It was the winter and all I remember is lying on the train looking out the window and seeing snow banks because all there was was snow i I realized what the rest of canada looks like in winter it's not like victoria it was just snow from one coast to the other (laughs) anyway she took me home to her house and and nursed me and uh, i was able to really create a new life by saying I can't be this ill forever, this has to stop. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be well now. And so I worked on getting well. It took me a year uh, to convalesce and to be active again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had been sent home with the because the doctor said I would never be able to work or do anything like that again, because my body was so damaged. Um, but I was fine within a year. I I realized I had to start again with something fresh and new ideas and retrain my brain. So I chose uh, uh, the real estate market and I took that training and became a realtor. And that got me into a different population of people and all of that. And, and it just started a whole sequence of events that... Um, has to just changed to a new new career every seven or eight years.
1: <laughs> so you're not only determined, but you can pick
0: a new direction every yeah.
1: seven or eight I'm years.
0: Quite, <laughs> I'm quite have I'm, a great career there. <laughs> I'm quite famous for saying, "Well, I'm shutting the door on this now, and I'm opening this door," and I've done that many times in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So fast forward. Mm-hmm. Like, years 50 something years i would say now you live in parkwood and uh how do you how do you like your your life here in in parkwood
0: Well, I'm actually very content here. I knew Parkwood a little bit because I had referred clients to it over the last few years, and I'd been here often. And I said to myself, at some point, if I ever need to leave my independent life in the community, I'll go and live in Parkwood. And so it was surprising to me because at the same time, I had always said, I will never go into a care home. I will always stay in my own home and I'll have help if I need it. And I never want to be one of those people who lives in a residence. And then one day, about a year ago, I got up one morning and said, I'm really tired of of my life as it is, I'm wearing out. And uh, I came to look at Parkwood again, this time as a resident. And I found the most wonderful room here. And I moved in just as COVID shut the door. And I've been here since last March. Um, And I feel very safe and secure. It's met all the needs I was looking for. Mm -hmm. I'm as private and independent as I want to be. But there are people caring and nice people and people to talk to. My meals are are served and and I don't have to buy groceries or cook or do all those things that were getting getting to be troublesome um, I've stopped driving so I'm here and uh, it's going very well for me now I need a little bit of care for various reasons but one is I have a caregiver evening morning and evening now to assist in putting on Um, my compression stockings, which Mm -hmm. was always a kind of, all the years I ran my home support business, and so on, it was always one of the jobs people had to go and do for clients all over the community, Mm because there's a lot of people wearing compression stockings, they're very hard to put on oneself, for me it was impossible to put on so um, I now have caregivers which is another whole new experience from my perspective and uh, that's going very well. Mm -hmm.
1: So the compression stockings I have heard about it and just like you said many people wear them and my impression is they're just like knee highs and cover the toes and all the way to your just below your your knees yeah. and it's very tight right and it, it, what does it do what is it what are some of the benefits of, of wearing them if they're so hard to put on
0: <laughs> well one of the things that happens uh, when we have some cardiac involvement in the heart is not as strong as it used to be it has a, it's a hard job for the heart to keep pumping and uh, the hard one of the hard bits is um the blood gets to the feet and then it has to come back up um, to be recirculated and it's that return of the blood back is puts a lot of load onto the heart oh. so the heart muscle becomes weaker over time and so you see that in elderly people they often mention that their ankles are swollen or legs are swollen it's because mm-hmm. of the uh other fluids also gather so compression stockings take that pressure off and they firm they give a really strong uh, support to the leg so that the the uh, blood vessel can mm-hmm. do what it's supposed to do which is return the, the blood to to the heart again and it's amazing what a difference it makes i tried putting my socks on myself and i couldn't so um, but once the caregiver started on a regular basis, it's really changed my whole general health. I can move more easily. I can walk a longer distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of those things, and so it's very, very helpful. But it is that they are they vary in in uh, compression, the degree of compression, mm-hmm. and minor they have. be prescribed by the physician to be at a certain pressure Mm -hmm. and uh, mine are quite strong and uh, it's hard work even for the caregiver to to get them on they have to sort of really there's tricks to it and Mm -hmm. uh, they know it well and they do very well and it's lovely to see them twice a day i get to have a chat and uh, get them up, put them on and at night they take them off and massage my legs and and uh, keep the skin in better condition and so on so they do a wonderful job and and uh, it's sort of almost a joke for me because i really never thought I'd get to this end of the spectrum, you know, I <laughs> uh-huh. You will <you laughs> be caring for other people are your life, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it's kind of sweet in a way, but um, um, I must say I'm enjoying their visits and I have a lot of regard for what they do.
1: Mm-hmm. So they, they are good at their jobs and it sounds like it does require some training in order to put those stockings on. If they're so
0: tight, are they comfortable To Yes, they're amazingly comfortable. I was sure they weren't going to be. Um, I was convinced I wasn't going to like it at all, but they're very comfortable. And uh, my legs feel much lighter uh, because uh, my ankles are no longer swollen. They're back to a normal size. Um, So it's really a worthwhile exercise.
1: So they help you put on in the morning and, and take them off in the evening? That's right and do you so you, how do you how do you schedule your your cleaning your showering and and others
0: well, i've had to rebuild my whole daily schedule around my around my oh, stockings <laughs> <laughs> uh, the caregivers like to start early because they do uh, cluster care in the building which means they have probably seven or eight clients to go to so uh-huh. uh, And I like to get up early, so that's not a problem. Um, But now I have to really get up early because I have to have time to have my shower get all dried before they come to put my socks on. And uh, so I'm up at about 6 and they come at around 7 to do my socks. And and then at night, it's variable. I just said to them, just come whenever you want in the evening. It makes no difference to me. I'll be here watching tv or reading or something so it's any time between sort of seven and ten o'clock they usually go off shift so somewhere in there someone comes and takes them off again and then I wash them out and they dry overnight and they're all ready for the next day Mm -hmm.
1: so you actually you have to to think a little bit around that right to make sure skin is dry and then make sure after that, lotion is on to, to moisturize your, your legs and yeah, yeah. just to take good care of yourself.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of these things that happen to us as we age are um, little learning experiences all along the way. and you realize it's very important, you know to, because dehydration, um, is a serious problem and my skin was getting dry so it's important that someone's there says let's put some lotion on your legs and they give me a nice massage of my skin and that helps so much but mm-hmm. you know there's so many things uh, that I come upon as I age now that um, I hadn't although I've been getting caregiver for a lot of years in many ways. I think there's some things I just had not registered would actually happen to my body, and it's been a very interesting experience.
1: Mm-hmm. I noticed that you, you reflect on on things that are happened, and then you, you think about it and come up with, with good principles and good rule of thumb to help you address those issues.
0: I, yes, I, I tend to look at it as a clinical experience in a lot of ways that's the nurse in you it's, eh? it's new to me all these things now so this year I have a serious cardiac problem now which I've certainly never had before in my life but now I do oh, I have to attend to that and monitor how much I do in the day and how much I rest and all of that and then I have things like the visiting nurse to do my socks and then I have medications to take on a certain Schedule and all of that. And uh, so I'm keeping, and in the as well as all that going on, I am diagnosed as being in early stages of, of dementia, which mm-hmm. is uh, very common in my family. And I expected to have that diagnosis, but I wasn't sure that I was really ready yet. But yes, it's happening. And what's interesting to me is I've been a bit of a specialist in that over the years, partly because of my family history, and because of the various care homes that I've owned and run and so on. Um, My hands on experience with dementia is is uh, very great. And happening to me, I'm keeping track of it, of what's happening, because I think it could be very useful information for people mm-hmm. who are recognizing change and maybe in their mother or dad or whatever. So I'm noticing it in myself, and I'm fully accepting of what's happening. It's One can't control it, so I'm totally aware of it and i'm not fighting it mm-hmm. but i do live a little bit around it it's another thing in my life to pay attention to i keep notes on what's happening what kinds of changes are happening in my brain and mm-hmm. all of that and uh, i don't work against it i just work with it you know to to uh, ease the ease the path a little bit mm-hmm. so, I tell you, uh, this year, from when I moved in um, in March of 2020, um, that's a year now, um, and it's been a learning process. It's rather been like going to school all over again to to be a, an officially be an old person now, <laughs> and, uh, and you know, and see what uh, what one really does experience. Fascinating. It is, it is very
1: fascinating. Come to think of it, because you were talking about just now, you used to be, let's say there's one side of dementia, you know, from the outside in, you were looking at your care receivers, your, your clients, how they experience it. And now you're on the other side and going through it, you can maybe verify what is your, your past observation and link them, right? What you observed yeah. back then and what you're feeling right now. And it's just amazing how you're approaching, you, you, like the clinical experiment, clinical ex- observation, the, the way that you can look at it so
0: objectively, it is so amazing. Well, I'm very aware of the development of it and I want to learn as much as I can and, and make notes about it because there will be a time when I can't do that. And in my own way of looking at it now, um, it's not showing up to people who speak with me and so on. It's not interfering in my life yet. I'm very aware of it and I'm very aware of what's happening internally, but I don't think I have more than two or three years of freedom of, uh, from the signs that will appear other people will notice, so I have some pressure on me to really make some observations. One of the most common things that happens in the population, and it's been my experience from nursing so many hundreds of people over the years, Mm -hmm. is is that many, many people don't recognize what's happening to them. And they deny the symptoms or they don't understand the symptoms. So they think somebody else is interfering with their life, they might become Mm -hmm. quite difficult sometimes, or they're just in denial. And Mm -hmm. they're fine. And other people are having changes in their behavior towards them. And uh, so I'm I have a lot of insight into this disease, and I'm very comfortable talking about it and studying it and talking to other people. And the interesting thing for me, living at Parkwood, is there are several people who are in these early stages. Mm-hmm. Two and two or three of them now seek me out quite often, as if I'm walking in the halls or in the, they'll come and talk to me because they know it's safe to talk to me and they'll say, Mm. how do you know what to do? I don't, I don't know what we're doing today. How do you know what to do? You know, so it's so interesting because I've shared with them that I'm on the same path that they are. And uh, so I realize how much fear a lot of people live with because they're fearful something's happening and they don't know what it is. And Mm. it's hard sometimes for families, you know, to talk about it, so yeah, it's it's another uh, interesting time I, I in my life that I didn't expect it to run into, mm-hmm. but I have run into it, and uh, here it is. Yeah,
1: and and you are able to lend some of your courage to your residents in the in the same yeah. building. That's yeah. that's just remarkable. Yeah. So, and I want to go back a little bit about the caregivers. You
0: talk about the come in twice a day. Do you have the same caregiver every day? Um, quite a lot of the time, they, they try to be quite consistent, but with staffing and changes and this and that, the scheduling um, varies a little bit, um, but I think I'm fortunate. I think I only maybe have five different people that come different times, you know? So I know that's better than some places, when i had a home support company a number of years ago a lot of our clients came to us cuz we were in the private business and they would come to us maybe from a public public service mm-hmm. and they one woman said to me oh you have the same caregiver going to my mother you know every day i said well yes mm-hmm. consistency's top on our list to do and she said my mother had 56 caregivers in what? 30 days, or, you know, whatever. Yes, it was quite often it was a different one every shift for people. And I'm very allergic to that happening to people. I think that's not right. And uh, so uh, in my professional life, uh, running care homes and home support companies, um, consistent care is so important because trust is so important you can't have any of those without consistency i
1: i can't imagine 56 different people come in to put the stocking on me well
0: whatever they're coming to do and then they have to be told what it i mean they have their work plan and everything but it just puts such a load unpleasant load on to the patient or resident because they have to worry who is this person do they know who I am do they know what I need you know how long are they going to be here when are they you know there's all of that unknown stuff mm-hmm. and uh, so no this is this is very well organized and uh, it's uh, I'm very pleased with the fact that uh, My caregivers, you know, know speak to me by name. They know who I am. I know who they are. I take time always with them to just hold on to them another minute or two. And so I can ask them questions about their family or, you know, how they're feeling or what they're doing or if they're going on days off, what their plans are. Just to to, uh, involve them because I have so much regard for what they're doing. It's not an easy job to go from resident to resident and do different they have to do different things for each person of course and uh, so they and many of them are young women that may have young kids at home or something and these days it's very difficult for them to hold it you know keep the job and have child care and do all the things that are going on in their life Mm. and uh, so i just like to give them a little my room's a little breathing space for them when they come here because it's a simple task it's a little physical but it's simple and it's done and and we get time to have a chit chat before they leave and i think that's good for both of us actually
1: Mm, that is so nice because you you were talking about the the client to the older person getting a different worker every time it's stressful but if you think I'm from the other side, they go to different people's home, it a strange place, right? And how do they feel comfortable about putting stockings on people or even giving them a shower? It is a very, very interesting and 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 as you said, could be very difficult situation. And
0: it's a kind of a kind of job situation that requires um, really good direction and management and so on. So,
1: you
0: know, there's been so many times over the years when I was sort of running my own companies where I could, I knew right away when someone described what was happening to a family member or a client or something, I knew exactly what the strength of management was in that situation. Because management has such a responsibility um, to their staff, you know, to really invest their time in their staff and teach them and encourage them and be in touch with them because it's, um, it can be an isolating job, especially when they're in the community doing home support and driving from one part of town to another, to a right. different house in a strange house, as you say. Because sometimes, you, they feel a little bit lonely on the job, you know, and it's, they don't always have somewhere, someone in some of the companies where they can really get in touch with someone if they need help or a bit of encouragement or something like that. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of subtleties that go on. Any job that involves so much, so many levels of human behavior all at once are complex in themselves you know so it takes special people to do this work.
1: I really like how you highlight the importance of management is is taking the responsibility to support people to do that and and this job this home support home care if it's done well it really helps if you think about it the older adults sometimes they are quite lonely in their home right and and the caregiver they are living a very lonely job and if two lonely people get together and they were able to build a nice relationship it's really a win-win on both sides
0: absolutely you know each person can thrive from that but mm-hmm. it does take the time uh to build that trust and build that relationship and that's why consistency is so important that they can see that person on a regular basis have a new person in their life every day it's, that's pretty hard
1: right right but I like how you give them breathing space to to help them <laughs> feel comfortable yeah. to acknowledge them right and and be a good uh hospitable host on your part yeah so and i'm taking up a lot of your time but uh before we go i just i'm just curious where do you have your photo displayed <laughs>
0: that beautiful young nurse photo <laughs> um it's kind of funny, but I'm not used to having pictures of myself in my living space. And but this I, I purposely put my picture beside my bed at a low level. So I open my eyes in the morning and I can see the picture on the wall. And I did it because. I know that there will be a time when I might wake up in the morning and not be sure who I am or where I am or what I'm doing here and um, I want to be ready for that so I thought this would be very helpful because that picture will trigger, I'll probably recognize it for a long time because I'll well, keep that longer-term memory for a longer period than mm-hmm. short-term memory, so that at least that will help me identify who, who I am and what I did and all of that. So it was just a little clue for myself. I thought because I do, I'm very familiar with people who actually lose track of who they are, and uh, even one of my friends here I was talking to the other day, and she looked at me in that all of a sudden in a conversation and said do you you know what my name is and I Mm -hmm. said yeah I reminded her of her name so it is part of our the things we lose sometimes as time goes by so it's just another of my of my planning Mm -hmm. way of being I like to plan for what's ahead and I know what's ahead and so I'm just trying to make it easy and I thought well that's good and it's a It's a conversation piece. You know, sometimes the caregivers say, oh, are you a nurse (laughs) when they come in? Because they have no idea who I am. So it's all helpful for for all of us, really.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's it's just such a beautiful reminder. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Anne. I think we have to stop here today, but uh, we will continue our conversation next week. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Anne.